Hi and welcome back everyone to Rabbit Hole Stories with another exciting guest. All our guests are interesting and exciting, aren't they, Ian? Of course they are. Damn right. Uh, but today, I think we had the first guest, if I'm not mistaken, from Africa. Absolutely. Which is Mary, and it was an amazing conversation to really dive down into what makes Bitcoin tick in Africa what the vast differences are. I think also what's sometimes being a bit overhyped by us Bitcoiners mm -hmm. and obviously Bitcoin gaming, which was as a personal, as a gamer, like as a hobby gamer, that was fun to see as well. Yeah. Uh, Mary uh, grew up here in the Philippines, um, moved to Nigeria and has been um, living there for a while now. And uh, it was, it was fascinating insight into what the Bitcoin, um, what Bitcoin's like in Africa, in Nigeria. And um, yeah, she's an avid gamer. She's got me onto a couple of the games that she mentioned in the episode that I've been playing in my spare time, but earning sats at the same time. So um, yeah, I, I've been... So in other uh, ways. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I think what I'm going to do actually, the sats that I do earn from playing this game now and again, I think I might just donate to people when I'm orange peeling and things like that. So I think that's a good way to, to recycle those sats and my time in that way. But yeah, it was a great episode. And if you want to know how uh, Bitcoin gaming works, how you can earn sats uh, or what the current state of affairs is in Nigeria, uh, make sure to listen into this episode and let's go down the rabbit hole with Mary. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Stories. Yet another episode here with Joelle. And we've got a lovely guest here today with us. It's Mary Imasuan. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hey, thank you for coming on and having a chat with us. I hope you're well. Um, as you probably already know, Rabbit Hole Stories, we're all about how you got into Bitcoin and why you stayed in the space. So I think if you don't mind, uh, you've probably used to introducing yourself many times on different podcasts, but if you wouldn't <laughs> mind for our benefit, please introduce yourself slightly and then just give us a little bit of uh, an understanding how you got into Bitcoin and how you fell down that Bitcoin rabbit hole for us, please. Sure, of course. Um, so I'm not the best at introductions, <laughs> so I keep learning every time. You, I mean, you <laughs> and me both, Mary. You and me both. <laughs> but um, I, so I'm I'm into a lot of things, um, and predominantly I'm a podcaster, um, Bitcoin gamer, and I like calling myself a Bitcoin lifestyle hacker. So um, what that means is um, I find interesting ways you can incorporate Bitcoin into your daily life. Um, and so I love like creating content around those three major topics. And um, I work at Bitnob, so I do, um, I'm part of the growth team. So I handle um, media and um, so I handle all the, the content, written content, media stuff. Uh, I also um, am part of the Thunder Games team, so which is really cool. Um, had, I have so much fun. We just launched a brand new game. Um, Bitcoin blocks. Go play it. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> plug away. Plug away. We'll so, put a link in the um, show notes. I think. Sweet. <laughs> so um, I handle like tournaments and also um, help around with promotions as well. Um, then I'm also part of the Global Bitcoin Fest team. So Global Bitcoin Fest, what they do is they host. Um, weekly Twitter spaces um, that it focuses on a particular country in the world. So we, we last week we did Bulgaria. So we talk about oh, nice. the Bitcoin space in Bulgaria. Um, this coming week we're doing, or rather this week, we're doing um, Benin Republic. So we've done we're almost 50 countries, if not 50 already. Wow. Um, so I'm part of that team. Smashing it's it. really great. Yeah. Like it's really interesting hearing about Bitcoin adoption in different parts of the world and how people use Bitcoin there. So we always listen to really great stories. Um, yeah. So that's about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bulgaria is one of those countries that has like a lot of Bitcoin on their, um, not on like their balance books, but apparently they have a lot like in country or like one of the biggest holders in Europe. So that's quite interesting. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite fascinating. We had a really good time in the Bulgaria space, like a lot of interesting stories about the country and the economy and uh, the history. And yeah, it was quite vibrant. And I, I love the fact that like different countries have different vibes and like how mm. they, their perspective to Bitcoin is so unique. Um, you know, like, if you know when you're in the west you feel like that's the only place in the world but right. it's really humbling to hear like different 
um, parts of, like the different perspectives from different parts of the world. So I, I, I really enjoy that. That's that's fascinating because um, you get to explore and, and travel around the world and you start to see the adoption of Bitcoin in different places of the world. Do you notice the difference between uh, one place to another or is it generally the same kind of adoption and the same kind of attitude towards Bitcoin or does that differentiate between place to place, do you think? That's a really good, that's a really good question. I think it really, it's different from country to country because, you know, like one thing about Bitcoin that I learned to learn is that um, when you you can't you can't separate Bitcoin and the culture. Right. So the way the culture of that country kind of affects the perspective that people have towards Bitcoin. So take, for instance, Nigeria. Um, Nigerians are typically very entrepreneurial. So it makes a lot of sense to see them dabble into Bitcoin from the perspective of making short term gains in terms of like buying and selling on an exchange um, rather than using it as a medium of exchange, like buying, being able to buy stuff, you know, from different stores. So like the ex, like the uh, making short term gains is actually what they that's what people find appealing because they they feel like they can mm-hmm. make money off um, off of Bitcoin. And it shows because like we have a large uh like large, a higher number of Bitcoin transactions in Nigeria in particular. So, yeah, um, I just realized that I was meant to share my Bitcoin story. <laughs> that's all right. We, we, can, we can defer that until later. We're on a roll now, Mary. Right. So that's fine. Cool, you carry cool. on. <laughs> but I think one of the big part of your story is, Mary, you, you obviously live in Nigeria now. Um, for anyone going to your Twitter profile, you see a Turkish flag, you see a Nigerian flag, and you also see a um, Filipino flag. What's that all about? Oh, that's a really good question. So I was born in Turkey. Um, so I stayed there. My mom and dad actually met there um, and I was born there. So it, it it is a major part of my life. In fact, like um, a lot of my cultural perspective was influenced by the Turkish culture, actually. You know, um, so I know that one thing about my dad, my dad's Nigerian, my mom's Filipino. Um, so like the thing about my dad, my dad wasn't the typical African man. Like for those who are listening, like, you know what I mean? Like he's not the typical African man. In fact, um, when he was growing up in Nigeria, people used to say he we used to call him the black white man because he <laughs> people looked at him like weird, like, yo, you are Nigerian, bro. Like, why are you acting different? But right. it turned out that that was just my dad's nature. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was born, like my mom and dad decided that they were to teach us a culture, a brand new culture that they defined by themselves. So um, there was a lot of Turkish influence. Um, and interestingly, there was a huge like Filipino community in Turkey. So I, growing up, like I would spent a lot of time with the Filipino community. They would come to our house and we'd go to theirs and eat Filipino food. So I, I was very in tune with the Turkish culture um, and the Filipino culture. I was sent to an American school. So I had American training. So like, I know American history, they fed us American history for four years straight. Like, yo, I can, I think I can wow. tell um, <laughs> the American history better than a typical American. <laughs> like, which um, is not hard. Like, history. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was also another influence. Um, and, you know, I used to also listen to a lot of British bands. So like, British nice. music, like my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally. Which bands? <laughs> Sorry? Which bands? Arctic Monkeys and Muse are my ultimate favorite. Like, I just nice. love them so much. Nice. Um, so, um, so when I was growing up, I also went to a couple of international schools. So my best friend um, is from Egypt, uh, had Indonesians as friends too. So I was really exposed to like different cultures, except... African culture, which is really interesting. It's funny oh how it God. happened. Um, although we had a couple of Nigerians come and visit us at home, and my dad did interact with Nigerians in the community there, but uh, we didn't know much about Nigeria until we came to Nigeria, um, I think 2006 or so. 
And so um, that's when my journey of like understanding Nigeria and the Nigerian culture started. So for me, even though I am or Nigerian or partially Nigerian, like I had to learn the culture and from a different lens, right? It's not like mm. from the lens of this is my country. It's more like kind of like a tourist, but a tourist that stays longer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had to learn. I, I decided to just, you know, study people, study mm-hmm the different cultures, different tribes. In fact, like when I was in university, there was one course um, and it's a general studies course. Um, I studied law though, but they gave like this um, general studies course where you had to learn about um, the different cultures in Lagos State because I'm, I'm based in Lagos okay. State. Um, and I literally took it seriously. Like my my friends didn't care because they were like, man, I know I already live here or I'm already Lagosian, <laughs> so whatever. But I literally sat down and read the book and took it seriously and started like asking my classmates, like, mm-hmm. which part of Lagos are you from? Mm-hmm. And I started studying their behavior and I was like, oh, it makes sense because historically, like, this is what you guys are known for in this area. So that is how I approached um, Nigeria and, um, you know, and Nigerian culture. And then when mm-hmm. I got into Bitcoin, um, I started using that same approach. So when I'm called on to podcasts, um, I think my approach is always like from the cultural perspective and more I'm more practical in terms of my like interpretation of Bitcoin in Nigeria, um, because I took time to try and understand the people and how they react or how they view certain things. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm perfect, but like this is what. I've observed um, mm. and I am and it's so nice to be able to like share this perspective to other people, especially outside of Africa, because, you yeah. know, one thing I notice is that there is a lot of curiosity um, when it comes to like Africa, because mm-hmm. people still think there's some people out there in the world which is really crazy to me who think that Africa is one country. Right. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. So like <laughs> there's. There is a lot. 54 countries. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, but like, um, there's this sense of curiosity. People want to know more. Mm. It looks like, um, you know, it looks like a mysterious country. You know, um, people still think we live in huts. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. Right. I literally had the same conversation with a friend of mine in France last week um, where I was like, you do know that like they're not only like antelopes and lions like you know the typical like savannah um, images from africa like there are legit huge economies down there um just speaking about like the nigerian economy in context obviously not as big maybe as like the american but nothing really is um but like these people that you have internet, you, you have phones, you know, like you have modern societal yeah, access. People, I don't understand um, why people still believe otherwise. It's just it's just nuts to me because well, most people are ignorant. I think. Um, there's also, I would say that um, a little bit of it is our fault um, because one, I don't know where it came from. I mean, I'm yet to understand why, where, but some even though we are blessed and we are rich in terms of resources and manpower and all that and talent and creativity something was planted in us to like look down on what we have like there's Mm. still a lot of people who feel like oh my gosh you know i i want to go to america that is my dream this that like things are going to change for me if i go there um my life will be even better um but they don't look if they took a step back and literally looked at their country and the opportunities available they would see that they are way better off here in africa than abroad right the only difference is that there is a system abroad like in the west there is a said system there are people who follow the law and execute it there are people who are able to say oh this person is doing a wrong thing let me call the police um that's the only thing that's the only difference but like if we could you know apply the same sense to africa like you know we have great better if we had better leadership um if we do um, execute the laws that are already in place um and follow through like it is possible for africa to be really great a nice place to stay because Mm -hmm. 
I mean, come to think of it, for example, if you're in um, if you're in Lagos and you meet a foreigner in Lagos, it is not uncommon for you to meet this foreigner and ask them, "Hey, what do you think about Nigeria?" They're, they, some of them say, most of them, not some, but most of them say they love it here. They don't want to leave. Mm. In fact, like there are some Filipino, like there's a huge Filipino community in Nigeria, and most of them have been here for like 25, 30 years. Um, they have family here and all that. Like they've literally built roots here. Um, there are a lot of Lebanese people, Indians who are like, they're not going anywhere. They take Nigeria as their home. And when you ask them why they like Nigeria, like, are you crazy? They'll be like, there's so much, like so many opportunities here. And it's a lot more comfortable for them than in their other countries. And it, you can see there are also some Americans, there are British people, there are different people from different parts of the world that prefer to stay in mm-hmm. Africa because when they, they have com- already compared their reality um, in mm-hmm. their home country with what's available in Africa. Um, just because they don't tell you expressly, right, like doesn't mean that they're not aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we as Africans were... Um, would step back and just actually appreciate the good that we have. I'm not saying we're perfect. There's still a lot of crazy stuff happening in Africa. We could definitely do better, but there are places that we are doing better. There, we are doing well. Take, for example, our banking system. Mm-hmm. I know that banks are mm-hmm. having bad rep right now, but I can send money to someone you know, in another state um, in Nigeria. Nigeria is divided into 36 states, mm-hmm. another state in Nigeria. And they are can receive that cash that I send through my bank like that. But it's, uh, that's not the case in the U.S., for example. Uh-huh. I mean, it takes time. Uh-huh. It has to be sent to a particular branch. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. But for us, it's so normal. You actually bring up a very interesting point because I think a lot of people don't realize this what was the number? I think last time I read, like, almost 22 countries in Africa have real-time settlement, clearance, and payment um, structures in their banking systems. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, Africa is a continent, not one country. <laughs> so there are different <laughs> currencies, different systems, obviously different languages as well. Um and if you look to like Europe, if you especially look to America, they still don't have real-time money. They have to pay an extra premium on like Cash App and Venmo and these things. Um so it's always crazy to me, even if I see like certain Bitcoin documentaries, you know, like portraying Africa as like a victim or whatever. Mm. I'm like, get the fuck out of here because they got the better systems in place than you guys do. It's just, again, possibly a... So you'd say it's a, it's a problem of branding, less a pr- less an actual problem within the country then. Yeah, I would say I would say that like not many people are out there talking about the good sides of the African country they're from. They are so quick to say, oh, it's poor, it's this suffering blah 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 okay take for instance um you can have okay imagine someone earning five thousand dollars in nigeria um that's that could be i think that should be about four million naira such a person can if they wanted to celebrate their birthday they can literally shut down a hall right they can shut down a hall that will seat, seat like over 100 people, get catering and everything. And that will be like the biggest birthday bash. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with $5,000 in the West. Right. That is not possible. <laughs> my Half of my family's birthdays are coming up. I know where I'm celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot in the Bitcoin space um, with the likes of uh, Alex uh, uh, Gladstein uh, doing a lot of um, reporting around um um, the economies in uh, developing countries, developing parts of the world, and, and Africa comes up quite a lot. Um, are you happy with the representation that that we're putting out there as Bitcoiners, or is is there a lot of misinterpretation to to um, Africa and and the Bitcoin space within Africa? I think um, for the most part, it is quite positive. Like they're um bitcoiners are actually painting africa from a positive light um what i really appreciate about bitcoiners is that they realize that africa is actually a place where bitcoin can actually work um the best use case we can experience the best use cases of bitcoin in africa um 
I was writing an article um, today for for Bitnob. Um, it's for work, but it I had to calculate like how much two thousand sats is worth mm-hmm. in different African currencies. And when it came to Nigeria, I saw that two thousand sats um, could buy food, right? Like ten thousand sats could do. A, a couple of other good things, you know, like it is, it is possible to actually um, do something more with, with 10,000 sats, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like due to inflation, like the, um, the, um, the amount of things you could buy with that 2000 sats is, has drastically reduced, but like there is there, it can mean something for somebody. Um, at least like someone's lunch is secure, like at least. Um, and when I saw these numbers, I was like, this is really cool. Um, and I'm, I was just so amazed at just how far 10,000 sats could go. Um, and I'm not saying this from the point of view of, oh, Africa's poor or whatever, but I, when you see just how far Bitcoin, like like how much Bitcoin can positively up- impact Africa. I just, I'm just so grateful every time a Bitcoiner talks about um, Bitcoin in Africa and, you know, points out the huge potential Bitcoin can bring to Africa. I just really hope that um, more Africans are, um, would, you know, jump on board and actually accept this and see ways that it can actually be a reality for them. Um, that's still lacking. Um, and maybe because they're already so used to, um, maybe because they're already so used to the dollar or their local currency, that's why they don't see how, how far Bitcoin can go for them. Um, then in the area of remittances, for example, like Bitcoin has helped a lot. Um, and I, I think we're, although we're in the process of starting to understand that, especially now with BitKnob's um, partnership with Strike and Coin Corner, um, we're able to see that it is possible to um, do easily do remittances within Africa and also outside of Africa through Bitcoin. Um, and I think we just need to um, push that um, narrative a little, a lot more, so more Africans jump on board. And I'm super grateful for like. Um, Bitcoin um, projects like Machankra, for example, that makes it possible for um, people with feature phones to have access to Bitcoin. Um, I think that is a major changer because um, like there are a lot of people in Africa who still use feature phones. Um, That is the most affordable phone out there. Um, So now there's no excuse for Africans not to have access to Bitcoin. It's just what are we doing from our end to um, inform more Africans about it? So yeah, I'm I'm actually quite grateful, but I really wish there were more Africans talking about their economy as well with such passion and um, you know positive light as a lot of other Bitcoiners are. Um, and like I said, it's just I don't, I don't know who planted the seeds, <laughs> but like we shouldn't be so quick to like look at Africa from the negative point of view because if only we could articulate the good things right there. I know that a lot of people would literally see Africa truly for what it really is. Brilliant. And um, with you personally, I want to focus you on you personally, Mary, if that's okay. When, when did you first realize um, or discover Bitcoin was something different and, and how did, how did that evolve for you? So I had my first contact with Bitcoin in um, 2015, like late 2015, um, early 2016. At that time, I was meant to be in law school, but I Mm. had a gap year due to some certain issues. Um, So I decided to go into freelance writing because my sister happened to convince me. She was like, you write well, you know, why don't you (laughs) offer that as a service? So one of my clients, um, they they reached out to me and they were like, hey, would you be open to receiving payment in Bitcoin? Okay. At that time, I had no idea what Bitcoin was. But luckily for me, my sister was already doing research about Bitcoin. And I think she bought Bitcoin at that time as well. Um, she also orange-pilled my dad <laughs> oh, nice. um, at that time. Yeah, so... What a brilliant they, sister. <laughs> I know, right? She, she's, she's amazing. So, like, she... 
Orange pilled my dad. They used Bitcoin to serve to solve a major like payment issue. My dad's into IT, so like one of the things that he does is just is to renew like um, domain name and hosting for his clients and um, other stuff. So paying for the domain and hosting was a hassle. And my sister found Bitcoin. Nice. Um, and that was in the time when that was a time when Lightning wasn't even in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it solved that major problem really quickly. And so my sister went deeper into it. Um, so I told my sister, I was like, they're asking if um, they want to, if they can pay me in Bitcoin. And she was like, please tell them you accept Bitcoin. Um, I'll, I'll solve everything for my end. I was like, okay, cool. So I told my client that, yes, I accept Bitcoin. My sister set up my first Bitcoin wallet. Um, and I received my first set of Bitcoin. The project at that time, I remember it clearly was um, $400. And at, the t- at that time, I think Bitcoin was about $400-ish or so. So I got paid <laughs> one Bitcoin or almost, which is Amazing. wild. Amazing. Um, unfortunately for me, I didn't know much about Bitcoin, so I sold all of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it but happens. <laughs> that, that experience still, you know, stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so from, I think, so in 2017, I got more serious about personal finance and then um, 2018, I was walking. Um, I was walking from work to the house, and I was just thinking about, like, you know, my savings account um, and some of my other investments. Um, and I was like, this doesn't add up. Like, inflation is this percentage. The um, naira is devaluing. And the bank and these other investments are not giving me enough to offset the inflation rate um it just doesn't make sense but at that time I, it didn't occur to me that like bitcoin could be an the solution it was later on that um i started doing more research on bitcoin and the blockchain and stuff and i was like you know what if i'm gonna if i am gonna say that i'm into you know personal finance because at that time i was like really into first personal finance that people were even calling me for advice um, so if I'm into, if I'm going to go out there and be like, Hey, I'm into personal finance then it only makes sense for me to invest in Bitcoin mm-hmm. so that like, you know, I'd be in, you know, integrity, right? right. Like, <laughs> Street <crap>. uh, so <laughs> exactly. So I, I bought Bitcoin, um, over a platform called Luno, um, which was great. And my first experience was like, okay, I bought this Bitcoin. That's awesome. And I kept, I remember I kept checking the wallet to see if the Bitcoin would disappear. <laughs> um, so like after a couple of weeks, I was like, okay, this Bitcoin is not going anywhere. It's still there. But um, I had this longing in my heart that um, this Bitcoin is actually great. But like, I wish it were easier to buy Bitcoin. Um, right. I want to be able to buy this Bitcoin without having to say, ask my help for my sister. Uh, I want to be able to buy it on a regular basis and not just like a one-off and just forget about it. Because I felt like I'm, I'll be better able to to positively appreciate Bitcoin if I bought it on a regular basis. And so just as if my prayer was answered, like I, I was scrolling on Twitter at 2 a.m. in the morning and I came across this promotional video of Bitnob, um, which is the company I work at now. And I was like, wow, what is this beautiful app? Mm. Um, and they, I saw Bitcoin. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I need to download this. Maybe this could be the solution to my problem. And so I downloaded Bitnob and Bitnob had this um, savings, savings, um, um, savings, savings feature, which allowed you to save in Bitcoin on a regular basis, DCA. So I, I bought Bitcoin. It was easy. And then I could save on a regular basis, weekly, monthly, and I was so excited. Um, so that's how I went full into Bitcoin. Um, and then when I joined Bitnob, the Bitnob team, um, I was like, this is it. I'm not going back. I did have some crypto, but like I no longer look at that anymore. Like it's Bitcoin all the way for me. And yeah, it's been, that's how, that's where I am right now. <laughs> it's interesting because I think a lot of people I personally speak to from Africa or, um, 
my first contact point with Bitcoin was actually paying someone in South Africa. So like, uh, I've got like the personal connection there as well. That's so cool. And, and all of them tell me either it solved a remittance problem or it was like, you know, if I do the math and like, this is inflation, this is the devaluation of our money, Bitcoin offers this, like, yes, it has its swings and such, but that's peanuts compared to what usually happens. Mm -hmm. um, I always find it interesting that that's like the recurring theme coming back to people. And from the sounds of it, like you got started to, thanks to your sister and you just kept going down the rabbit hole and eventually realizing, um, oh shit, I could actually work in this. Um, and that's what you do these days. So like, that's an amazing rabbit hole story to hear someone to start at one then that really literally never coming out of 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 that journey um was there anything particular that made you stick with bitnob i'm just curious was it that savings feature or was it also the people the culture what was it yeah so um i think just to give more context when i came across bitnob i was um into fintech right so like i used to review a lot of fintech apps so i first looked at bitnob from that angle like is, is this a good um investment platform for people that I can or like something I could recommend to the young people in in Nigeria um will it be easy for people to buy bitcoin with um so I looked at it from that angle like is it easy for people to buy bitcoin what made me really intrigued about bitnob was the fact that there was like this auto savings feature um because um I I came from a like I, I came from this part, this um, period where I was not quite, I wasn't disciplined with my money. And so like for all the fintech apps, what saved me the most was um, that auto savings feature. Like I don't know where I would be without them. Um, so like that really truly endeared me to the app. But then the more I studied the app, because I had I had a podcast on fintech then. So like I had to study the app and review it so I can share like my thoughts on it to my audience. Um, I started seeing more potential around Bit Bitcoin, uh, around BitNob rather. So like when I did the podcast episode on BitNob, um, the BitNob team, they they really loved it and they welcomed me. And um, I some of them reached out to me, which is really great. And then um you know, when they were doing this customer survey thing, I got to speak with one of the customer um, service officials and um, they were really friendly and nice. And before I knew it, I got connected to the CEO of Bitnob and I was like, wow, these people are really nice and very welcoming. And um, <laughs> the CEO of Bitnob, Bernard Para, he was like, hey, would you be open to, you know, doing our podcast, the Bitnob podcast? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, count me in. Um, so the day I started, which is October 2021, I can't forget. <laughs> um, I it it was a game changer for me because it was like I left this whole fintech space. I don't know. Maybe it's the way my mind works. Like when I work for anywhere, like I like to immerse myself in the company, immerse myself in the product. Um, so when I started working in Bitnob, um, there was this, I was on a stand-up meeting and um, the COO was like, how can we make BitNob a lifestyle app? And from that moment on, I was like, yeah, I'm going to find a way to make BitNob a lifestyle app for me. Mm -hmm. And then from BitNob, I started expanding it to how can I make Bitcoin a lifestyle for myself? Um, so yeah, like, and then to answer your question, Joel, it, the culture of Bitnob, the people there, um, the way they were so welcoming and so open to, you know, your personal development and like your input um, really made me so happy. And I, I just felt at home. In fact, like they have so their core values um, and it's written on their website and their core values is logic. Um, mm. So logic is an acronym for low ego um, ownership um grit integrity and crazy so when i like first heard their core values i resonated with every single one of them mm. and i was like for a company to uphold these as their core values like it tells it says a lot because it doesn't just affect the company it also affects you as a 
person, as an individual. And if you look at those core values, you get to see that if you stick by them, like you become a better version of yourself. And Bitnob just gave me personally, uh, I don't know anybody else's experience, but for me, Bitnob gave me the opportunity to be a better version of myself. And I just get to um, show that and shine that light um, while doing my work at Bitnob. Um, so yeah, I just it's just an amazing place to work. And those, those principles of logic seem very similar to the... Um ethos around bitcoin right um the ownership and the integrity and um, the grit like proof of work and the the crazy because we're all a little bit crazy in the bitcoin space right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> so was you always into gaming then mary or how did that whole other side of your because like if i think about you on twitter if i see you i'm like okay she has her stuff for bitnop you also do a lot of content there and but then the real thing I have you in mind is like, okay, that's the Bitcoin gaming girl. <laughs> How did that get started for you then? Oh my gosh. You know, it's so interesting that my whole Bitcoin journey was actually affected by or came about as a result of each member of my family. So Bitcoin, I got into Bitcoin because of my sister, um, you know, and then my mom was the person who was responsible for me to get into Bitcoin gaming. And it's a very interesting story. So my mom... You know, my mom's from the Philippines. You know, there's this whole um, Axie Infinity thing that was happening at the time. Mm. And so mm. um, even though it crashed, right, that culture of playing games and earning something was still in the Filipino framework. So it didn't really leave them. Um, so my mom was, was on Facebook and she was seeing all these like people, her relatives and, and um, people in the family would play some certain games and earn some cash and um so she got curious and she was like i also want to play games and my my mom likes playing all these you know games like bubble shooters and stuff like that um <laughs> so she's more of a gamer than myself to be quite honest but like so she came to our room and while we were i and my sister were working and she was like can you guys find a game for me that i can play and actually earn something mm. um so i and my sister were like okay we'll find something um and then we were like, when we were, when she left, I and my sister were discussing and we were like, we don't, we weren't like eager to have her on Axie Infinity or any crypto game. So I was like, is there a Bitcoin version of this? Like, are there Bitcoin games out there? Um, so I think somehow, I think I was on the, um, the app store and I was, I wrote Bitcoin game and one of Thunder Games came up. We downloaded it tried it i tried it for myself i i mean i wanted to make sure that whatever game i'm recommending to my mom i've tried it already mm -hmm. so i tried it for myself i was like oh this is cool i was able to you know earn some some bitcoin and i was like okay i think this is something that i could recommend my to my mom so we had my mom onboarded um she got her wallet and started playing and now like every day she she announces how many satoshi she has in her bitcoin wallet <laughs> It's such, it's such it's a it's a huge thing now. Like every day, she doesn't miss it. She's like, now I have X Y Z number of satoshis. <laughs> um, so she plays really hard. Um, and I, I was now like, okay. So I started doing more research. I came across Thunder Games, found out that they had like more games than the one I found on the App Store. Downloaded them myself, played them, recommended to my mom. Um, then I came across Zebedee. I came across mm -hmm. a, a couple of other. Um, games and then i don't know how my brain did that correlation because i think at that time i was also watching a lot of um twitch streamers um I, I just loved watching them play games and i was like wouldn't it be cool to have a bitcoin version of this mm. like where people mm. are playing bitcoin games and people get to watch the gameplay um maybe even earn sats um on the live stream it was just a question i asked myself but i at that time i was a little scared to just venture into it because i i don't mm. wouldn't even i didn't even know where to start from um and that was i think january um 2022 when i thought of that idea i think i still have the tweet um i tweeted it out like wouldn't it be cool and then some bitcoiners were like yeah like we would ha be happy to watch you play but at that time it was like okay 
How about if I play things like Minecraft and then maybe give out sats? That was where what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And then I now said, no, let's just play. Let me just play Bitcoin only games and, you know, create that. Um, let people know that it's possible to be a Bitcoiner and game and be into like and be able to like show people that they could also that gamers could also have some interaction with Bitcoin. Um, so in so in June 2022, I just decided to go for it. Um, set set up, didn't know what I was doing. Watched a bunch of tutorials, set everything up for the first time, um, and I started playing. Um, I had a couple of people join in, um, watch me stream. Um, I did have some ups and downs with internet connection and everything because in Africa, <laughs> like internet connection is an issue. But I was determined to like show it as a proof of concept that it is possible to do this. Um, and then in the process of doing this, I came across another person who is also a Bitcoin gamer. His name is Bobby. So we were the only two people at that, that time. Um, but like I know that in 2021, Jack Everett from Thunder Games, he used to stream um, a couple of Thunder Games at that time. I don't know why he stopped, though. But like watching his videos just gave me that um that confidence that i can do this too um and so like i and bobby we were putting up videos going live on twitch um doing our promotions um i would promote his stuff he would promote mine so that sort of created somewhat of a mini um bitcoin gaming ecosystem um now i decided to take it up a notch like literally say anybody who's any bitcoiner who creates content around gaming whatever it is whatever it's video or you you stream on twitch or whatever um you are part of the bitcoin gamer squad so we're like nice. i think seven now we're like seven bitcoiners who create bitcoin gaming content in our own way um and i just this i just decided to just keep doing these promotions for everyone like there's this guy tory man he does amazing tiktok gaming videos like um, it's just super fascinating all the, the TikTok videos he does. Uh, I don't know how he does them, but they're just super cool. <laughs> you have um, Kryptonator who has a YouTube channel and he um, has done like game reviews on, on some of the Thunder games on his channel. Um, then you have Bobby who streams on Twitch and he also has a YouTube channel where he puts up these games. So we just promote each other um, and hopefully like my goal is that by the end of this year we should be 10 in number at the very nice. least um so so if there's anyone out there I... if there's anyone out there <laughs> listening to this we could make it to the 10 come on guys i would sign up but my problem is if i start streaming if i play fifa i think people wouldn't watch because like i'm horrible with swearing <laughs> and like throwing stuff around <laughs> if you ever thought like shooting games are dangerous you've never played fifa properly <laughs> so no, i'm like think... maybe inofficially incognito in the background <laughs> no, i i think is i think it's good like just be yourself right like mm. i mean mm, I, so... I just i just prefer to stay pg because i i don't right. know who's watching <laughs> true um because I, I there's this guy i don't know if you guys know him his name is sam day he's actually mm-hmm. i think 10 or 11 years old and he mm-hmm. builds like um he i think he was the one who did um satsman so yep. i'm like so anytime <laughs> i stream in my head i'm like what if sam day is watching this right, right. <laughs> so like i can tell you from a conference i met him last week he definitely has heard some bad words as well. <laughs> But obviously, we want to keep it clean for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my my preference. But I feel like, man, you should go and do it because you never know who's watching. In fact, mm. there is a fit- football Bitcoin, a Bitcoin football game. You know, they they want to launch really soon. So it's called um, Satoshi's Goal. Oh, so that nice. exists, which is really cool um, and super fun. I'm thinking of doing like a, a Twitch stream on them um, really, really soon. So... Like we just and I feel like this is a nice way to create more exposure Mm -hmm. to um, Mm -hmm. games in Bitcoin. And like, yo, like we are Bitcoiners, but like we also have a life. There's some things that we (laughs) we like to just chill out and play games. You know, why not? You know, why not tell them about the different Bitcoin games that are out there? Like there is literally a game for everybody. So if you're the kind of person that likes all these shooting games 
Um, there's um, Hellfire Arena by Guilds. If you're into car racing, you have um, uh, Bitcoin Cart by Zebedee. You also have um, Turbo 84 by Thunder. Like if you're more into like chill games, like um, hyper casual games, Thunder Games has like a bunch of them. Um, so there's like literally games for everybody. Um, so I just and then another thing that I have in mind is like, what if we can um, make these Twitch streams super fun such that an average gamer who comes on Twitch, you know, stumbles upon your your stuff. They probably know nothing about Bitcoin, but end up like learning about Bitcoin through you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that possibility because come to think of it, if you are a gamer and you start on Switch on Twitch, like it literally takes for some gamers, it, t- it took them about three to five years of constantly streaming before they could make some money. But like as a Bitcoin gamer, like you can earn something right from the get go. Right. I know that. And I was having this conversation with someone today from the first three months of like going in hard into um, Bitcoin gaming, um, streaming on Twitch. I was able to make about 40 to 50,000 sats in three months and i know that they're i know that gamers it may not be much but like i know that twitch those gamers who start off on twitch they make nothing in the first three months like literally nothing you you have no access to um like the twitch features where you can like subscribe or send them some like some money like that's not available for you because you're you've not hit that rank yet so like it's just um there are just so many opportunities in gaming for a lot of people. So, yeah, and um, I know that there are some stories for, um, you know, there's like some gamers in Brazil who use Zebedee, um, played some games by Zebedee, like I think the CSGO, and they were able to pay house rent um, wow. just by gaming, um, which is really great. And this wouldn't have been possible if not for Bitcoin. So there's so many opportunities out there. I was just thinking, okay. um, <laughs> that was awkward. Um, so <laughs> with H before yeah, Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought as well. But ultimately, um, like you, you know, you say it's only like 5,000 sats here and five. If you long enough time frame down the line, like you imagine how much those sats in the deflationary environment, once Bitcoin becomes more and more popular, is actually going to be worth. So it's really you're investing in something that's going to grow over time. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I wanted to say basically the same thing, like Mary said before, if, if someone manages to get to 10,000 sats through streaming, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, having a side hustle, writing review articles, they can buy food in Nigeria, yeah. you know, like how far does that go the more deeper you go into these things? So I think it's another use case to show like Bitcoin has different paths of getting people through life. Um, and you even have fun with it. So like, this is, I think, the most important thing right now. So what's your, your what's currently your favorite game then, Mary? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so one of, oh, this is, you put me on the spot right now. Um, okay, so I can't just pick one, but like a game that I go back to all the time is Turbo 84 by Thunder Games. And then nice. recently I came across... Um, Hell's Fire Arena, and I'm kind of addicted to that now. <laughs> by guilds, um, I know they they have like tournaments, um, and they give out sats um, during those tournaments. So that's like another great opportunity, and it's a high quality game. Um, I think it's really cool. So those are the two games. Is it like a first shooter I like game? So far. Yeah. So it's like think of it like um, it's it's almost like Call of Duty ish. Like mm. you have people they just put you in a in an arena and you're just shooting to <laughs> to get to the next level so it's, it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool game I, I never thought i could kill so many people in a game <laughs> <laughs> kill for sats <laughs> where, where do you see um gaming um in the future as as uh bitcoin becomes more popular so that's that's a good question because you can take it from so many different angles um because what i've realized is Mm -hmm. that in gaming you have different moving parts and you have different actors in the gaming space you have the content creators um so those who create content around the game so maybe they're streaming they write about these games or 
they um they do videos about them so you have the content creators you have the game developers um you have the gaming studios and then you have the whole ecosystem together so like i'm gonna just touch on those different parts so like for a gaming content Mm -hmm. creator um i feel like this could be like in the future i see um more opportunities for gaming content creators in the sense that a time will come when the Bitcoin gamer squad, because those are the ones I know <laughs> who are who are constantly talking about um, about Bitcoin games. So I know that in the future, the Bitcoin gamer squad, um, they are going to be like Bitcoin gaming influencers where a Bitcoin gaming studio can literally mm-hmm. approach them and be like, hey, can you do a um, game review of my game or can you do this UGC video of my game or like could you you know um do a set of videos or voiceovers or whatever like different things and that could be like another income stream aside from the sats that they earn from the gaming content that they create so like that is a future that i envision envision and i'm working towards making possible for the bitcoin game um gaming content creators um in the future so that's one aspect then for gaming developers i feel like um it's in the future we'll see like a lot more um like i i believe that there'll be a lot of web3 game developers who will jump Mm -hmm. ship and go into um produce creating games for bitcoin because like it's not sustainable we've Mm -hmm. seen it axie infinity we've seen a lot of other ones these crypto um, projects don't last. Um, and if you want to like be in a stable ecosystem that is built to last, then I know that some of these um, game developers would consider going into um, Bitcoin gaming development. And, and the great thing about um, game develop- Bitcoin game development is that there is a lot of space to create Bitcoin gaming tools that can be used not only in the Bitcoin space, but also in the general crypto space, um, which is something I look forward to. Because so like my sister, she she studied law as well, but she's also a developer. So we've been talking about um, a couple of Bitcoin gaming tools. So I've asked her, I was like, can you build this tool for me to make streaming a lot better or sharing sats on my streams a lot better than what the manual process that I have? Um, There was a time when I was streaming um, and we were talking about something like this and there were a couple of people in the chat they were like i wish there was this kind of solution for us gamers i wish there was another this other solution for us um so like that could be like an, another avenue for game developers to look into um and also like um lightning engineers to also see maybe they could be like okay we can build something for gaming um that's not just restricted to the bitcoin gaming space but also open to people in web3 and who knows um, that could be like the Trojan horse to bring them into um, Bitcoin. So then the gaming studios. I think the gaming studios are, we're going to have more gaming studios, um, Bitcoin gaming studios, and it's going to be like huge competition in the sense that like, if you look at the current, the gaming studios right now, or the companies that are built, um, they're focused on Bitcoin gaming, you see that they are quite unique from each other. Um, not only in the terms of the kind of games that they create, but also in the way they approach um, compensations for the the gamers, um, like how they distribute sats, how they um, how like which wallets am I am I allowed to use any wallet to withdraw my sats into? And it's I've noticed that a lot of the users of these um, Bitcoin games, they've started like um, sort of choosing their favorites um, among the different Bitcoin companies based on these little details. So there could be like, a, a, in the future, there could be like stiffer competition happening um, within the, um, like between the Bitcoin gaming studios where they're trying to differentiate themselves from the other gaming studios in the area of how can we serve um, these people who play our, their, um, our games better? How can we create better gaming communities that they can find a place in? How do we give um, higher like 
prize pools, like to pull more people into these games? Um, how can we make ourselves different in terms of the culture um, of our game, the, the culture that our games portray? Um, like, how do we make it possible for our users to identify themselves with us? Like, for example, Thunder Games um, released the Thunder badges. So, like, if you're on Nostra and you're playing, you play Thunder Games, people get to see your Thunder badges. And um, that identifies you as a Thunder Stan, you know, like that could be a thing. And imagine you having like a Thunder badge and someone has like a Zebedee badge and you're like, man, I'm pro Thunder. And the other one will be like, no, I'm pro Zebedee. Like, Something like that could happen. Like there could be this interesting um, competition, right. healthy competition, exactly yeah. going on. So, and then um, in terms of the games itself, the Bitcoin games itself, I do um, believe that we'll see a huge improvement in um, the Bitcoin games that get put out there. The current games that we have in the Bitcoin gaming space are actually really good, um, but. I feel that we have a lot of them leaning towards hyper casual. Um, I do see a future where we'll start seeing a lot of 3D um, games, maybe battle royale style games to sort of be on the same league as um, what we have in the what the fiat gaming space, right? So mm -hmm. like um, we would start seeing that, and you know that also would be quite interesting in the space. So I know that Zebedee is actually. Um, making a lot of um, big moves in that area. Like we, I, I mean, I've seen like them do this integration with the metaverse and stuff, like all those um, stuff and integrate Bitcoin into that. So like, we're going to see a lot of um, forward thinking, future focused games in the Bitcoin gaming space. And that's like my, my prediction. Um, and then an additional thing to the game developers, I, I can't believe I forgot about this, but um, one of the, Bitcoin gaming projects that I'm currently working on is to sort of create like this space where you can have a um, where people who are into development can actually have the opportunity to choose what kind of Bitcoin development they want to go into. Currently, mm -hmm. it's like you're either a lightning engineer or you're a lightning engineer. <laughs> but like um, I, I see a future where um, developers will be given a choice they have an opportunity to choose which camp they want to go into. And they can literally say, hey, I want to go into game development and see how I can use my talents in the gaming space. So that's also another thing that I see in the future, which I hope I um, succeed in doing. Um, I'm not a developer, which is, makes it a lot, lot harder, but I do see that there is a huge space and potential here. So as more people are looking at Web3, I think this is a great time for us in the Bitcoin space to like, you know, make a make an impression and also hopefully get these people out of crypto and into Bitcoin. I think it's amazing what you're doing. I think the signal that you're providing for Bitcoin is strong and you're just building something on top of a solid foundation, which is Bitcoin and, and the amount of industries that are going to thrive as a result of that, including gaming being one of them, because, you know, how many people are playing games nowadays? It's like, you know, <laughs> going back to my days now when I was, born um quite a few many years ago um when when gaming first started coming to to existence it used to be a little pixel on the screen and it became like a spectrum zx and then Nint the nintendo entertainment system and it's just evolved exponentially um to like the uh, virtual reality type games we've got at the moment but and and, and obviously Gaming is is something that people spend a lot of hours doing. And if you can bring Bitcoin into that, then you're onto a winner as far as I'm concerned. So well done for all the hard work that you're doing in the gaming industry on behalf of Bitcoin. So thank you. Thank you so much, Ian. Joel, do you want to say anything? Yeah, I just wanted to add, you, you actually combine a lot of... Um a lot of positive incentives. Because like, mm. if I think back to my gaming days with friends... Um, you know, you used to meet in like World of Warcraft after school or um, I had a brief League of Legends time, but I just sucked. Um, I was probably even worse than SBF and that says a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I didn't spend as much time in the game as he did. So at least, at least um, I'm safe there. But you have this social aspect and mm. the more time you can spend, for example, if it's in a competition, 
saying like, oh, you know, I can't believe Mary has like 2,000 sats this month and I only have 500, whatever it is, you immediately have Bitcoin at a different um, focal point where you don't talk about like price and, you know, monetary policy and all of the stuff we usually speak about on Twitter. Um, but you actually speak of it as a gaming use case, as a social use case, as a lifestyle use case. Um, and I think that could be quite a a big step. Um, and yeah, especially in Africa, like you said, uh, people are now literally able to buy food by playing a game on their phones or um, on their computer. So um, just thinking about that expand, that is um, mm. that's quite fascinating. Totally. And it's super fun. I, I really feel like we can still push the borders of what we can achieve in, through Bitcoin. Because like when I share some of these ideas, especially when in the area of incorporating bitcoin as part of your lifestyle like and i share these ideas with people they're like i never thought of it from this angle um you know like it's like now i'm i'm actually quite curious about ugc and i ask myself like ugc stands for user user i can't speak english <laughs> user generated <laughs> content so how that works is that you create like uh, like i don't know a, a minute video or two minute video of your you talking about a product in a way that's natural um so it seems like you know you did this video on your own on um unknown to other people that you were paid for this but anyway so like i i asked myself like how can this apply to bitcoin um or the bitcoin space like how can bitcoin companies leverage on something like this like and for content creators in bitcoin like how can they create like this kind of content and add value to the Bitcoin space. Um, Cause in Bitcoin, we see, we still see a lot of people use, you know, um, the popular influencers or like, you know, random people, but we have creative people in Bitcoin as well. Um, so how can we, right. how can we up the um, quality? Like how can we position these creative people in Bitcoin such that they see these opportunities for themselves. I don't think um, there are many creative or like um, um, content that I don't think there are many content creators in the Bitcoin space who have thought about actually creating UGC videos for Bitcoin com companies. Um, but we need people to start talking about it and actually see how we can apply what's happening in the fiat world to Bitcoin um, mm -hmm. and just leverage and literally holding tr true the Bitcoin principle. Because if we want to go in and um, do, go into hyper-Bitcoinization, it's not just about everybody having access to Bitcoin or being able to buy like stuff from any shop all over the world, but it is like, how can we continue doing some of the stuff that we're already used to, but in the Bitcoin way? Um, so I think we need to start looking at it from a practical sense. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of stuff that we can use from the fiat world. Um, I'm always fascinated if I speak to like very talented Bitcoin artists, you know, illustrators, um, just looking at a poster out of frame here that I ordered. I'm like, well, why didn't you literally tell people that like I can pay you in sats? Um, it doesn't even have to be like Bitcoin art, but different things. Um, and you are like the, the perfect example, Mary. Like you spoke about BitNop, you, you, you played the funder games and this is how like business relationships are formed, right? So it's also a great use case for these creators to actually get in contact and um, uh, do the very important first step and get out there. Um, before we close up, is there anything you would like to spread with the audience, anything in particular you would like to feature or maybe anything we forgot to ask you? Um, so I, I just want to, you know, drop a couple of words of advice to creators. Um, so there are a lot of really amazing um, creators in Bitcoin. I've seen artists, writers, um, those who create video and podcasts. Uh, I, I just want to, you know, encourage everyone to, you know, push the push the bar, like see how far you can go. Um, like, um, I, I can't I can't remember how it was properly put. Like there's this lady um, who is the founder of Bitcoin Dada. And she said something um, during the International Women's Day Twitter space that um, we we hosted a bit knob, the bit knob that bit knob um, hosted on Twitter. 
And she said this really cool thing, and I want to just share it. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like, try as much as you can to swim outside the shores. Don't just, you know, stay in the middle. Like, try and swim outside the shores as much as you can. Um, like, these ideas that I came up with, I mean, they're not, they're not original, right? I saw it happen in the fiat space. I, I asked myself, is it possible in Bitcoin? So, like... What can you do to bring what's happening in the fiat space in the Bitcoin space? And how can you offer this to people in Bitcoin? So just want to encourage creators to just do that. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's great advice. And uh, Mary, thank you for spending the last hour with us. We very much appreciated it. And I've learned a lot and I'm going to maybe go and play a game now <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully earn some sats. So thank you Mission so much. Mission accomplished. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 down your gaming rabbit hole now. So thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, Ian, we 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 heard it before off cab. Like your family is are they home now, or are you still alone at the home? You could um, use yeah, the time my, and my, get my, gaming. My stepdaughter's downstairs. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think she's probably playing the game. So <laughs> yeah, great. Anyway, Mary, it was great having you on. Um, where can people find you on the interwebs? So thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is at Mary underscore Imasuen. That's at M-A-R-Y underscore I-M-A-S-U-E-N. And you can also um, join me on Twitch on Mondays. Um, I stream every Monday at 9 p.m. West African time, 8 p.m. GMT, 3 p.m. Eastern um, on Twitch. And my name is Mary Maswen on Twitch. So yeah, just come find me. Let's hang out. Perfect. Everything will be linked at the show notes. Um, I hope you have a great evening and I'm excited to have you on soon in the future because uh, there's many different games to being developed right now. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your <laughs> podcast. Pleasure. Thanks. Talk soon.